and breathe. It is five past six on your Thursday morning here on ECNZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo. And boy, uh, it was a bit of an exercise in frustration watching that second innings last night from the cake. Did you go to sleep? Mate, I did. I did. When 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 Southie bowled (laughs) three wides to start it over, I was Mm. like, if you can't be bothered, neither can I. I'm going to bed. Yeah, he want, he wants to forget that in a hurry. Um, yeah, I, I watched it the entire match, and um, I struggled to get to sleep. Post <laughs> it. it took me a couple of hours, and I'm usually straight out. I was still awake at 12, just wondering what went wrong. Where did it all go so wrong for the uh, for the black cat? Set up perfectly from some fine batting, um, and... You know, like, there was a couple of power plays out there that paid out in the first innings. They still had the second innings. I think there was a big one for eight plus sixes between a couple of the batters that paid seven bucks, and DJ Timmy got on that, so he got paid. Um, Oh, mate, it was a hell of a night for sixes and and run Mm. scoring, but the Black Caps will be ruining a missed opportunity. One that for sure got away, Rick Dog. Yep, I struggled, and I know many of you out there struggled probably to get to sleep post that. Oh, I'm reading through some of the texts that were sent through to the commentary team mm. last night, uh, and this one stands <laughs> out. Uh, disgraceful. Another example of how we don't have the mental strength when we play Australia. Was, do you think there's something in that? I've always said that there's something. There's a mental edge, mental block when it comes to Australians and touched on that story yesterday when they just seem to find a way to get in our heads. Um, there has to be something. Like, some of the... Going on last night, particularly from a lot of our senior players, uh, it baffled me. You know, three three wides in a row from, from our most experienced bowler just says a, a valid point there that there was something not quite right. And when you're looking down the pitch and you're seeing a, an aggressive Australian with a smile on his face saying, bowl it wherever, son, I'm going to put you over the fence, it is daunting. But there, there has to be a case to, that says that there has to be that mental edge and mental block against Australia, Rick. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. It's, I mean, it was just when we got two fifteen, I was like, okay, all right. The, this, if if we've gone like that, there's every chance the Aussies can go like that with Warner and, and Maxwell and people like that in their in their batting lineup. But we started well. We started well. Mm. We restricted them early. Uh, we frustrated Travis head out. You know, I thought, oh, we're we're a chance here, but just took the foot off the gas, it seemed, and, and, and let them back into it. It was just ebbs and flows of, of the game, you know, like particularly I, I think we could have probably scored another 15 runs towards uh, the end of that innings. But Australia changed their tactics. Um, I think Pat Cummins and, and Hazelwood bowled really well and painted the picture of how you should bowl on this pitch. Slow bowling, spin bowling, was always going to be difficult, um, and I think both spinners from I think spinners from both sides really struggled. So when you got that ball in the hand, in hand, Lockie Ferguson was outstanding last night, bar his last over when he got put over the fence a couple of times. But his ability to run in and bowl fast and the right lengths, not giving the Australians any opportunity to get into good positions to open up their hips and, and get the get the willow swinging. Well, I thought he was outstanding, but Pat Cummins and Hazelwood, the, the things that they did really well, and we touched on it with Harry yesterday, is their ability to change it up 
speed-wise, you know, a lot of good slow balls, variations from 115 out to one mid-30s. So they were always constantly testing uh, the New Zealand bats, batters. And Glenn Phillips and, and um, Mark Chapman at the end just weren't able to get going and probably add that extra 10 to 15 runs that would have paid dividends in the end. But, um, you know, I'd love to know the stat, Robbie. I've been trying to find it in terms of extras that uh, that we bowled. And, you know, Tim Southey struggled. And I'm I'm not going to come out here and ridicule him and and say he was absolutely poor, but he would be disappointed because you saw how good. Here's a question for you, Rick Dog. Like the Yorker, when it was done perfectly, was the was the option was the ball that was troubling the Australians so much. But there is fine margins because Mm. if you get it wrong, it goes sailing. Over the fence. Well, he bowled one in that final over, and I thought, okay, he's going to try and go to this a couple more times. But then he just couldn't quite get it. Is that pressure? I think it must be. I mean, I think Robbie will know better than than me because I always bowl. I I bowled league spin, mate. Yeah, so I was. Mm. I never. I never. I never tried to bowl Yorkers, but. Like you say, it's fine margins, man. You've got to, mm. you know, it's easy to over pitch. It becomes a full toss. Yeah, you know, or or if you get it, you otherwise you get it right in the slot. So it's yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's fine margins, fine margins. Um, so and and when you're bowling at the speed, Lockie did. I mean, I think Lockie was far from the worst uh, play. He was, he was our best with the ball. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, I think there was some decisions made by the captain, uh, Mitch Santner, and performances as well. Like Mitch Santner with the ball last night was probably the worst I've mm. seen him. You know, he had a really bad yeah. day at the office with the ball. Yeah, his last over was probably his best over of the night, and he he got it relatively right. But before that, he was all over the show. I don't know if there was any dew on the ball, because some some of the balls that were being bowled, I was thinking, wow, that's either come out and and they've just held onto the ball too tight and pressure's building, or there's a little bit of dew that has come on because they just couldn't seem to get their links right. You can see what they were trying to do, Rick Dog, is is they were trying to get as much width on the delivery as possible. But there's a there's a disadvantage there because if you just go a little bit too wide, you're going to bowl a lot of wide. So that's probably why we gave away so many extras is our, our areas, our bowling plan was to not give them any room to open up their hips. So get them playing outside off. Get them trying to look for that uh, that miracle ball, miracle shot across the pe- uh, crease, and um, yeah, when it worked, it worked wonders. But man, like two overs to go, I think, or eight balls to go, I think they needed thirty odd, and they chased it down. And Tim Davids came through and got the magical. And also, Rack Dog, like, uh, traditionally we're a fielding team. That's where you get. A sense of where a team is at. Are they right on? Well, fielding last night was absolutely atrocious. We dropped some sitters that relieved a lot of pressure for Australia. You know, Adam Milne, I would be spitting tax if I was Adam Milne. Tim Salvey dropped a sitter. Timmy, Timmy had, a, had a moment to put the pressure on, on the Australians. He dropped them, and then the next ball, Glenn Phillips was on the boundary. And if he just caught it and stayed in, he was in, but... It, you know, he tried to do the the fancy play, jumped up, went to try and catch the ball and throw it into his mate, and didn't do the first job first, and that is just to catch the ball and then look for the other option poster. And I think another reason 
we lost is bringing in Tim Davids. <laughs> that Inglis, I know we want to get wickets and keep yeah. building pressure, but Inglis was struggling. You know, I, I would have done everything possible to try and keep Inglis out there and uh, knowing that he was struggling. Even Marsh knew that he was struggling, so he was trying constantly to get on, on, on attack. So, yeah, look, one that... Uh, That'll haunt the Black Caps for the next couple of days. Eden so. Park couldn't come around soon. Enough. Yeah, well, I think possibly for longer. Uh, you know, mm. it's got that feeling to me that now we lose this 3 0. You know, that mm. was the chance to get on top of the Aussies, but mentally, I wonder if that is us done. A few texts that have come through. Morning, boys, was a great game. I got on the Aussies at $3.30. Well done, Mark. Well done. Uh, <laughs> Robbie had a mate of his get on at sevens, didn't you, Rob? Yeah, I did. He, he said that um, he. He uh he saw that Southie still had an over to go, and Ozzy was paying seven dollars. So I'm like, that sounds good. <laughs> oh no! Oh yeah. Well, on his form, it's fair enough. And Rob has texted through because this all got missed yesterday. I think, or uh, well, by me at least, uh, you know, with the the T20 uh, about to start, we had the Ford Trophy uh, playoff game as well. So lots going on. So I missed the uh, announcement of the test team. But Robert's texted through, he said, it's completely bloody disgraceful that Neil Wagner is in the New Zealand test team to play Australia ahead of Lockie Ferguson. He also goes on to say, you can talk it up, Izzy and Ricardo, but this will be the most competitive New Zealand will be. The T20 team was well-placed to win. Where is the New Zealand test team led by Southie bowling at 125 clicks and Wagner? It's a complete embarrassment and a disaster waiting to happen. Oh, yeah, Rob's on a bit of a heater, isn't he? He's got a valid point. Uh, the only th- reasoning I can see, Rob, and you'll probably go against it anyway, um, would be Neil Wagner is going to run in and, and give you a hundred percent effort for for a day, for a day or two. Whereas Lockie Ferguson will bowl heat and as heat as as much as possible. I think it's probably periods of spell. But don't get me wrong, Lockie Ferguson is by far, was last night in particular, our by far our most threatening bowler. And that is someone with out-and-out pace that was disrupting um, the, uh, the Australians. So, you know, the way that he got um, uh, the big show out, Mitch uh, Maxwell, it was a hell of a ball, just short of a length. Maxwell didn't know what to do with it, bamboozled him. He didn't know whether to go forward, go back, and he went back and stayed on his crease, and his, uh, and his, and his wickets went flying. So... Yeah, you got a valid point, mate. you got a valid point, particularly after last night's performance. Lockie Ferguson needs to be there because he, uh, he he threatens the Australians with uh, batting attack. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting, actually, now that Rob sees that, and I think more about it, just uh, Rob mentioning, you know, that also uh, that test team included Scott Kugeline over Lockie mm-hmm. Ferguson. So they obviously don't see him as a, as a red ball option um, because, yeah, I don't think Kugeline's anywhere near it, mate, to be honest. But there we go. Uh, now let's get into this, eh? Let's get into the triple threat. Round one, five. Doc Rivers took over as a Milwaukee Bucks coach 10 games ago. His team are currently 3-7 and seven since he took over and he's been getting roasted by JJ Redick for throwing his team under the bus. This is what Reddick said. 
He said, uh, I've seen the trend. I've seen the trend for years. The trend is always making excuses. Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard, just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. It's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lost to Memphis. Oh, it's the players' fault. Memphis were playing G League guys and two-way guys. You look at his quotes over the weekend, and now he wants to take credit for James Harden being traded to the Clippers. He wants credit for that. There's never any accountability with that guy. <laughs> oh, JJ Reddick, man, since he's finished up playing basketball, he's come in and uh, taken a bit of a st- uh, stance in it against uh, being vocal and, and outspoken there in the media. Um, yeah, look, I think he, he's he's got a point. Like A lot of accountability needs to look within, particularly when you've got players like Damian Lillard and Giannis Otokounmpo, you know, two of the best players in the, the NBA, and you're three and seven. Um, I was reading last night and I listened to Shaq's conversation that he had with Damian Lillard. And this is what he said. I've been in a position you've been before. Kenny's been in a position before. That's in regard to Kenny on on the panel. You and Giannis are being too nice. When it's all said and done, when it all don't work out, three people will get blamed. Doc, you and Giannis. So you and Giannis got to make sure the troops get it done. And in regards to that, I was looking at Giannis's stats for the last couple of weeks, and he's averaging, you know, mid-20 points. He's 23 uh, in that West game, but in the Grizz- against the Grizzlies, he got 35 points, 15 from 17 uh, from uh, field goals. So he is carrying his way, 12 assists. So, and then the game before, 23, 36, 15, 17. So 15 and 17 probably aren't enough for, for the Bucks to be successful. Mm. But he needs to start building belief and a bit of accountability in that group because the reality is Giannis can't do it on, him, on his own. You know, you look at LeBron James at the Lakers, he can't do it on, him, on his own. He needs his team to rally around him and, uh, and, and get it done. So, yes, JJ is going to go out and, and have his say, but um, it needs to come within from the group. Yeah, it does. And uh, I think J.J. Reddick's got a point. In fact, the funny thing is that J.J. Reddick, where he said this, was a new job he's just taken. And guess who he replaced? Who? Doc Rivers. (laughs) 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 The NRL have announced record profits of over 700 million Australian over the last year and and can claim to be the most watched sport in Australia with 2.1 million more viewers last season than the AFL. How much of this is on Peter Volandis? (laughs) <laughs> Probably everything, really. Um, I, I was reading that article and I was like, amazed at the business-minded and, and and the conversation about they nearly went under in COVID. They were so close. They were only a couple of months away from being in a horrible situation. And you compare that to Rugby Australia, who are after an $80 million loan, and this team is pumping out revenue or you know turnover of over $700 million. This has to go down to the... Um, you know, the business minds that are behind this. And Peter Volandes has been vocal, outspoken, he's been innovative. Look at them, they're going over the United States. They're already thriving in Australia, and I couldn't believe the stat that they're actually taking over from the AFL. That game is religion in Australia, and now they've, um, you know, got to the top of the pile, and now they've gone and, and made the brave move of moving into a market where, if you get it right... 
the world is your oyster. Mm. This is see you later. Stay with us if you can because, um, yeah, so Peter Volandis has to take a lot of accountability, but, but a lot of these clubs too and, and the players and the way that they are being branded around not only Australia and New Zealand, but around the globe. You know, like these are the biggest NRL players. When you talk about hero and your athletes, the NRL really do that well. They hero the athletes. They, they get them out there so everyone knows them. They're a part of the people. Um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised that, that NRL is in this situation. Well, it's interesting you say that, actually, because I was talking to a guy out of the UK yesterday. We had a good chat. We were talking about some, some music stuff, actually. So he's a, he, he works in the music industry up in the UK. Big cricket fans, got season tickets at Lords. Always been a rugby fan, not a, not a football fan. But he said to me, I can't stand watching rugby now. I've stopped watching it. I've actually started watching the NRL and I follow the South Sydney Rabbitohs because of the Burgess boys. And he said, it's such a better product. I love it. And uh, he, he's heading to Vegas. So, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a guy. He ain't the only one. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's somebody in the Northern Hemisphere. You know what I mean? Mm. He's a born and bred Englishman. So, yeah, it's interesting how it's, uh, how it's developing, isn't it? Yeah, well... We've been ha- talking about this for the last year, you know. Rugby, where, do, where does it need to go? Like, the teams, what I loved yesterday about Super Rugby is all the teams for the weekend got announced on the same day. So you're middle of the week, you're knowing who's playing for what team and, and what what's happening. So, um, man, there needs to be a lot of work. The thing with, Australia, uh, with the NRL is they've got a product that is uh, – been um, you know created over a long period of time. They've got clubs that have that wreak a lot of history. Um, you know they've got class. They've got entertainment. You know like everyone relies heavily on the product at hand, and the product in the NRL, particularly with the ball and play minutes that you see, is is by far better than any other sport. But also also entertainment. Like you go to an NRL game. I've spoken to people that have been up to the Warriors games, and they reckon, mate, it's like you're at a concert. Mm. But there's just always things going on. You know, there's laser lights. There's people in the in the crowds that are they bought some instruments. There's dances. There's there's food. There's affordable prices. Like everything just ticks the right box for money, um, be, um, money value on going and watching sports products. So, mate. Um, yeah, they're absolutely flying, and the rugby needs, well, we've got a mile to catch up. Round three. Now, we've already talked a bit of Black Caps, but I, I did put this in uh, for for the uh, triple threat. The Black Caps with the ball last night, was that pressure or too many guys having a bad night at the office? Because the Aussies were there for the taking. It wasn't like the Aussies were playing out of their skins until Tim David came in. They were there for the taking. It's pressure. Yeah, it's pressure against Australia. You know, when, when when the pressure's on, man, your brain can go to some funny places. Trust me, being there, you're like, oh my, not this again. Oh, here we go again, Australia. Are we going to let one slip again? So, so a lot of these thoughts just creep in. And when they do, you tend to do things that aren't really common with your game. And we saw that last night. Touched on it already, but Tim Sally, our most experienced bowler in that, or player in that squad, he was struggling, and he was struggling big time, you know. And that final over, I thought, oh, my, why don't we save Lockie Ferguson to bowl the last over? Or, um, you know, like I was thinking that, 
But then I was like, no, this is Tim Southey, who is our most experienced player. He knows what to do in the big time. But I was watching his face in that final over, and he knew, oh, no, here we go again. So that's pressure, Rick Dog. It is pressure, mate. It is pressure. That is our triple threat. We want to hear from you, double eight, double three. Thoughts on the cricket, thoughts on the NRL and the Ooh. beast that it has become, uh, and throwing coaches, throwing players under the bus. Double eight, double three. The temper bedpost text machine. We want to hear from you. Also, want to hear from you about Izzy's investment because we have a fifty dollar <laughs> bonus bet. We need to invest today. So send us through your best bets for the weekend. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Plenty of texts rolling through. You can call us to 0800 150 A lot of it on the cricket. Uh, Richie said, morning lads, what a game last night. I think the last three overs we needed Lockie or Adam Milne to bowl the last over. Sally was struggling to find his line, but when he did, he was uh, he was successful. It was causing opportunities, but there were too many extras. Yeah, the extras is where where we really let um, the, took the pressure off. Like I, I I don't know the extra stat, but if you're not seen it through, double eight, double three. But mate, those three overs that uh, those three wides straight that Tim Sally bowled. That was the longest over in history, man. I was thinking, oh no, this is this is going to be a debacle. Yeah, it, it was it was a struggle um, for for our bowlers, but the opportunities were there. They knew where to bowl. They knew to bowl just just short short of a length, maybe you know half two feet outside off. You know, try and get them swinging it and, and you know topping it, edging it, not giving them. Any opportunity to open up their hips. So anything straight and short, they were just getting back on their back for opening up those hips and just sailing it over the ropes. And, um, yeah, so there'll be a lot of reviewing uh, this game and that performance. We knew when we got it right, it it was great. But when we got it wrong, and there was so many times we got it wrong, it was it was pretty poor. Uh, Troy from Manawahi said uh, the problem with rugby is the refs they play more of the game than the players do yeah definitely <laughs> mate for sure and hopefully we've, we've seen a change this year um, particularly with uh, the New Zealand refs you did right and I've touched on it I think 27 minutes is average time in playing rugby or maybe even a bit more but rugby league there's 60 odd minutes mate with the balls in play. We want to see the players, not the refs. Exactly. And Andy sent her through this interesting text, actually. Thanks for your text, Andy. Other than last night, Lockie's form has been pretty terrible the last 12 months. Not for mm. tests. He will break. Bracewell should have got the place in front of Cougs. Mm. That's that's what I was in, talking about there, um, Andy. I appreciate that message. Like, you're expecting a bowler that bowls 150 to bowl 20 overs, you know, in a session. Or, you know, he's bowling big numbers. Neil Wagner will do that for you constantly. And when you need him to bowl from from no from from nowhere, you know, coming in, he's gonna steam in and off you or something. Yes, he doesn't offer much with the ball, but he bowls with vigour and determination every single time. So yeah, I think that's a valid point. Now, just hearing from the cricket desk that Brace was uh, injured at the moment, so that might be why he wasn't involved. Uh, and Richie has sent through this one. Morning, lads. What did you make of the video that came out of Chiefs training? There was a big scuffle. Absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> Sabah Penny Finau laying into some bloke. I don't know the other bloke, but I was watching it and thinking, the Chiefs will be licking their lips. If it ain't Sabah Penny, it was Brody Retallick mm. that was constantly having rumbles. So... 
Yeah, look, as a as a Crusaders um, former player, I'm I'm expecting a bit of a street fight this weekend, and it sets the week up perfectly, and um, yeah, just shows the kind of mindset that the Chiefs are going to be in this Friday night. Chiefs Crusaders doesn't get any better in terms of opening Super Rugby. Does not, and uh, just uh, one more before we get away to news. Charlie, we bowled one less wide than Australia. We bowled eight, mm. they bowled nine, and one no ball. It wasn't extras, mate. Just unlucky in the night. Brilliant effort for me. That from that's from Charlie. Um, yeah, that's. I think it's because he bowled three straight. I'm thinking, man, <laughs> this is him. what are our extras at? Thanks for that clarity, Charlie. Yeah, appreciate it. It is uh, six thirty four. Want more of your text? Double eight double three. You can call us too. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Here's Araha with the latest news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. The Bunnings Trade Expos are back, coming to Christchurch and Auckland. Time for some uh, news headlines for you. Injury woes have hit Liverpool just days out from the Carabao Cup final against Chelsea at Wembley. The Premier League table toppers will be without seven players, including Brazilian goalkeeper Alisson due to a muscle tear, playmaker Trent Alexander-Arnold with a knee injury, and now Diogo Jota is confirmed to be missing for months, according to Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp. Jota has... Jota has 18 goals and assists in 28 appearances this season. Before they get to Wembley, though, they've got to play Luton this morning at 8.30 at Anfield, and there's another couple of players looking like they might be out for that game, carrying nickels and resting them for the uh, for the Carabao Cup final. So I, I had a little dig. You know I had a dig yesterday on, on, on Harland. Uh, How'd you go? Oh, I didn't, didn't come in, mate. Should have, didn't. It was one of those. He scored one. How many did he get? He got one. They won one mm. nil, but he had one ruled off for offside where the the guy that crossed the ball was marginally offside. Should have had a penalty, wasn't given. Um, and then uh, there was another opportunity at one point. There's a player who's gone down the left wing. He's probably three yards outside the uh, from the byline and about a yard outside the post. And the keeper's on the post. Harlan is free with an open goal. What does he do? He shoots. It's like, mate, what are you doing? You're killing me. You're, you're salty, aren't you? Yeah, I was. I was you, salty you've yesterday. been reliving that moment. I was like, what are you, what's all going day. on? Uh, so, yeah, I missed that one. I did, I did get uh, – I, I, I picked up uh, – covered myself with the Champions League games yesterday. I picked those. So I got, I got, I got some money back there, mate. And I have well, I've invested today. Well, if you were today. listening. Yeah. Yeah. If you were listening, I would have got you paid for first innings too from Baz McCullum's tip yesterday because I know DJ Tim got paid. And I know Brett might have got paid. Some what? of you would have listened yesterday and got paid. Did you get paid? I didn't get paid. I didn't get paid. I didn't back it. Um, so I backed a bunch of other stuff uh, that, that Mitch had uh, given us in the Love Racing update, and one of them fell over. So I got nothing. I got absolutely mm. nothing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Brett has texted through. He said, make sure we send a message of thanks to Baz for first innings. Account is full and ready to attack the weekend. Bloody black caps fielding reflects attitude. What Brett mm, said. Yep. Yep. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, now, uh, I think DJ Tim has called through. Are you there, Tim? Mm. How we going, lads? Yeah, good, mate. Apparently, <sighs> your pockets are full, so you're going good. <laughs> oh, I had a wee fill up, but I've been getting slaughtered lately, so it's just, uh, you know, looking for damage a little bit. Hey, what about your first power play when you had four of those batsmen to get eight plus sixes? Well, you got it with Conway and, and Ravindra. Yeah, that was pretty epic, <laughs> Seven yeah. bucks, was that paid? Yeah, I think so, yeah. It was uh, Ravindra, Conway, Maxwell and Warner to get eight sixes combined and we had it by the 10th over an hour in it. 
<laughs> Man, you love to see a tick like that after not even having to wait the whole entire game, mate. What did you make of that performance last night? Oh, I actually thought um, it was our fielding that let us down. You know, I reckon if any one yeah. of those catches that we dropped goes to hand, um, we win that game. Uh, mm. I thought that Glenn Phillips, you know, like when he tried to carry that ca- that catch back, I reckon in that situation, yeah, it's great if you want to get the wicket, but you also got to think about the runs, and he could have easily stopped that six from being a six. Same at the end of the game, you know, all he needed to do instead of trying to get one hand down to it is put his body on the line and, and drop down and, yeah. you know, just make himself into a fence. We win that game, you know, like, and it, it just seemed to me like there was a couple other uncharacteristic sloppy mistakes in the field and, and T20 those things literally cost you the game well, that's pressure isn't it and I totally agree that last play you know he when the replay was replayed I was thinking man he actually had more time than I thought to get that ball and play back and play like you get that it's, it's, it was screaming to the boundary so you could have stopped three and potentially won the game even if you just got a hand to it so yeah it was a difficult night DJ Tim yeah we got anything left to fight another day? Can you see us coming back from that heartache? Oh, I hope so. Eh? Like you know, they have bought their best team, um, mm. and we went so close. It's just, um, it's just hard when you're playing in small grounds like that. You know, like, and they're going to Eden Park for the next two, so um, <laughs> it's pretty hard to pretty hard to defend. But you know, like yeah. I, I agree with someone earlier saying about Tim Southey. I, I just don't think he's the last over bowler anymore. You know, like I know he's got the most mm. wickets out of anyone and all those sorts of stats, but he just—I uh, don't know—he just doesn't seem to have it up top when it comes to those final overs. He's—we've lost it about three times in a final over with him bowling. So maybe it's time to try a different trick. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. What do you reckon, Tim? I, have I have I gone early? Is it my frustration that I said I think we'll we'll lose this three 0 to Aussie now? That was our chance. Yeah, I think I think you're uh, I think you're writing us off too early there, Ricardo. Yeah. Certainly, <laughs> Google, mate. Anyone can win it on any day, you know. Yeah, true that, true that. Good stuff, Timmy. Thanks for your call, brother. For for Izzy's investment, um, Ryan Fox has boosted odds to five dollars fifty to finish top ten. So I reckon that's a good shout. Ooh, there you go. Geez, yeah. you're hungry now. You got a couple of green ticks. <laughs> <laughs> He's all over it, mate. He's all over it. Go well, Timmy. Thanks for the call. Have a great day. Uh, Vish got paid at Pookie yesterday as well uh, on the last. So nice, nice work, Vish. Uh, well done to you. Speaking of, hey. sorry, carry on. So, sorry, you know Ed sent that message through yesterday, uh, just earlier on the show yeah. about um, his little dabble. You said I actually watched that race. Yeah. So I knew that exactly what he was talking about. So he's back. Dark glitter Hawkesbury race three, paying fifteen dollars ninety and four bucks. So if you watch that race, the two favourites were going toe and toe, and they had stepped away from the inside barrier. Well, Dark Glitter snuck up on the inside. <laughs> it came from nowhere. While well, those two were focusing on each other, and stole it at the end. So honestly. You are tinny and as jammy as anything. And if you prop, like, keep sending through those Izzy investments because I feel like today's the day. And Ed, if you even send one through, I might consider it. He's on, he's on a heater. He's on a heater, is Ed. You've got, got a back form. Got a back form. Hey, speaking of uh, investments, mate, or bets, how's mm-hmm. this? Formula E. The boss of Formula yeah. E, Jeff Dodds, has said he will pay $250,000 to charity if Red Bull's Max Verstappen fails to win a four successive Formula One title this season. Now, they've been testing 
and the new Red Bull car is the fastest thing out there. So he's, uh, he said Red Bull won 21 of 22 races last year in the most dominant campaign. Verstappen took 19 victories. Red Bull have won 38 of the last 44 Formula One races. He said if, unless he's injured or something crazy happens, 99% Verstappen gets that trophy. If any one of the other 19 drivers wins it, I'll give a quarter of a million dollars to the charity of the choice of the driver. It wouldn't be the worst day in the office to give away a load of money, but absolutely, he is nailed on to win. Wow. <laughs> Putting your money where your mouth is, and he's doing and Oh, I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Well, I hope someone else gets paid now so we can go out there and give 250000 to a charity. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. When was the last time you were so confident in something that you, I mean, maybe not quarter of a million, but you would, like, you would go, I'll put the house on that? Mate, you're talking to the stoppy. <laughs> when am I ever confident? I'm, I'm never confident, even when I'm on a dollar fifty favourite named Winks. I've got a little bit of apprehension about me. So, look, when you read it off those stats, yep. it'll be pretty hard to go past Max Verstappen. Not, you know, 38 out of 44 Grand Prix wins. Yeah. Crazy. But, hey, there is a little bit going on at Red Bull. Mm. Is that a distraction? Don't know. Yeah, well, it's a possibility. Now, uh, in golf news, we've had the uh, the Ryan Fox tip from DJ Tim, but Joaquin Naiman has mm. uh, competed outside Live Golf in his off-season, but he's got something money can't buy. He's among three players given a special invitation Wednesday to play the Masters Augusta. Uh, they also invited 21-year-old Ryo Hisatune, the first Japanese player to be a European Tour Rookie of the Year, and Thorbjorn Olsen of Denmark. Naaman had said when he won the uh, Live Golf Opener in Mexico, I want to win majors, but I've got to get there first. He had fallen well outside the top 50 because Live doesn't get world ranking points. Mm. The special invitation extended to Naaman means the Masters will have 13 players from Live Golf, including defending champion John Rahm. Ten of them are either former Masters champions or have won majors in the last five years. Live Golf had 18 players last year, down to 13 this year, is he? Yeah, I really applaud Fred Ridley there, chairman of uh, the, the Masters Golf Association, going out there and, and offering an invitation. Look, it's only a matter of time but before we see a lot of these live golfers um, taking part. We need to get some clarity, some certainty of the future because at the moment it's, um, it's a bit dire. And if you're a PGA supporter, they are just slowly chipping away at your top golfers more and more every day. Uh, changing allegiance and going over to to live golf. Um, I was listening to the comments in regards to a world golf calendar. So I'm expecting potentially some news on that. I think it was Rory McIlroy that spoke about it um, a couple of days ago. So maybe we'll get some traction soon and some unity. Yeah, that's what we, that's what we want to see. There you go. The Bunnings Trade Expos are back, registered now for free on the Bunnings Trade website. And uh, just quickly, Ed has called through. What have you got for us today, Ed? Yeah, well, man, I'm back on the nose. Not like my mate. He only goes for bonus back races. <laughs> hey, Ed, talk me through well, dark glitter. Dark glitter. How'd you pick that? Well, small field. And uh, it was a last start fourth, and I had a win next to that. And I just looked at those two favourites, and then, uh, oh, I don't know if they were, had, had race. They had already raced, but there was no wins next to them. So, oh, well, he, paid, well, he was paying 14 bucks fixed. 20 on the nose. Oh, you. Your shout, Ed. Get out of here. Go buy me a coffee. Hey, hold on a minute. I've got a tip for you. 
Go on then. Okay, it's go. Wanganui today. Wanganui today? Yeah. yeah. Tony Kemp's horse. Oh, I don't know if it's his horse. Little Who's That Moose or something? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. He's tipped Paying, that out before, yeah. Paying five bucks. Oh, all right. Okay. We'll have a look at that one. We'll have a look at that one. Oh, Thanks, Ed. Well, listen, we better, we, better, we better gap it, but appreciate the call, yeah, bro. Right. Good luck with the punt. You're going well. You're on a heater. Keep your text rolling through on double eight double three, or you can call us 0800 150811. A few other texts that have come through. Apparently, Doug Brace was good to go, but Michael is injured. Someone else uh, with no name on the text has said, if possible, my four seamers in the test would be Bolt, Henry O'Rourke, and Dougie Bracewell. Well, Two of them aren't in the squad, so that can't happen, unfortunately. Uh, mm. And uh, this one on the um, uh, from Mark, who was a bit filthy with me and Steve Devine last uh, last week, because we put one of his in for Thursday uh, for the Thursday uh, investment, and then uh, the first thing fell over, but his leg still had to run. Then we didn't choose him for the second one. <laughs> so Mark <laughs> has said. Biggest third of the weekend, Caulfield Race 7, number 6, Buffalo River Top 3 at $2.40. Get on it this time. Thanks. Keep those coming through. Double eight, double three. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Izzy's investment, we want your tips for the weekend. John suggested Cullen Grace anytime try score at 350 is great money. And then I went, wow. who are the Crusaders playing? Mm, the Chiefs in Hamilton. Have you seen the back three that the Chiefs have got? I don't know. I'm not sure mm. about that one, is he? I might might want another dollar, dollar fifty on that before I start looking at it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think you're right, Derek. Top. But hey, any, anything's possible in the punt game. I've got a wee, I've got a couple of tips too. Mark Chittick's listening in from the gym, Ooh. so he sent us a couple of tips for this weekend at Caulfield. So I'll save that for you in the next hour. Yeah, all right. Save those up and uh, try and get everybody paid. Eh? Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Hamish Rutherford, not far away. Good morning, welcome into SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo. It is Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local Night and Day. Coming up on the show, well, Hamish Rutherford is going to join us shortly. Former Black Cap, recently retired from the game, of course. Uh, he was uh, across last night's game. We'll get his thoughts on that shortly. Christian Wolf. The uh, Tongan head coach mm. and number two at the Redcliffe Dolphins, or the Dolphins, as uh, we're supposed to call them, <laughs> in the NRL. They are in New Zealand to play the Warriors in a pre-season game this Saturday. We'll talk to Christian Wolf before 8 o'clock. After 8 o'clock, uh, we are going to catch up with Damian Kuruna from uh, Moana Pacifica ahead of uh, the Super Rugby season. Here's their backs and skills coach. We'll see. I think they've signed something like 20 players in this offseason, so we'll see how that team is gelling. Under a whole different coaching setup as well. Tom Coventry and Tana Umango, of course, are part of that coaching setup now. So, all of that and more coming your way over the next couple of hours. Uh, joining us now to talk cricket is Hamish Rutherford. Morning, Ruds. How you doing? Yeah, good. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Um, how confident were you that the Black Caps could get the W last night after the first innings? <laughs> yeah, I think probably like. Probably most of the country, they're probably all excited about it. But um, some finish, wasn't it? Um, unbelievable. Yeah, it was a hell of a finish. I thought we'd done enough there, Rudd, seeing, uh, yeah. to get the job done, mate. Um, the, what, what can you pin, up, pin down? What were the moments where, you, where we just got away, we let it get away from us? Uh, yeah, it can, I mean, it can sometimes happen. Obviously, you look at that um, Australian batting order and it's, 
I mean, the guy's short was still to come. So they've, you know, they've stacked it up yeah. and they've sort of almost thrown away that, that fifth bowling option, um, a, a proper guy, and just sort of mixing their overs there with Marsh and uh, Maxwell. Um, and it paid dividends last night. I mean, short wasn't even seen at the bowl, uh, batting crease. And mm. they just got so much power there at the, at the back end. Um, I think, for me, yeah, I mean, Tim Southey looks a little bit uncharacteristic off off on the day. Um, I thought he then mm. came back and nearly closed it out there at the back, but unfortunately that bat of, um, what's his name, David, just seemed to be on another level. Because <laughs> I don't think he got any of those sixes by the looks of it. One went 98 <laughs> metres. <laughs> yeah, I know, mate. The way, like, there was one that went probably, oh, I'd say a meter and a half off off the ground, and it hit the boundary rope yeah, on that the one. fly. Yeah. I was thinking, how the hell did that happen? So, uh, Rudd, if 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 you, from a bowling point of view, the bowling plan I thought was a bit wayward. Like, I think we didn't really understand what we were trying to do. You saw us trying to uh, bowl a bit wide of the crease, you know, hugging that wide ball area, and then we we're trying to put it in the slot in the Yorker. Was that pressure, or was that part of the plan? Uh, I mean, look, oh, yeah, it's hard to know exactly what's going on in the field, but watching, just watching the game, you can kind of see there's, there's a new, uh, I'm not saying it's a theory, but the new sort of bowling method is you, you give yourself that wide line, a wide Yorker, or a slow wide, um, slower ball, which which most players are, are, are tending to line up sort of straight long on to cow, aren't they? It's a nice posse to hit. Um, so it's kind of trying to take the ball away from that. Um, so I guess that there looks like the method, and I think the way they set the field, it allows you to bowl that straight Yorker as well. And I think it was said on commentary last night that almost a straight Yorker has gone out of fashion nowadays, and mm-hmm. you know when bowled it, it's still a very good delivery. Um, so, I mean, watching it looked like that was kind of the plan. Potentially, you know, you can sit and say the execution might not have quite have been there on the day. Was it pressure? You know, you don't really know. Um, you know, it looked like some atmosphere and obviously a big, big series. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of excitement, not only on this phone call, but um, probably around the country for the series. And I'm sure the players are feeling that way too. Yeah, oh, and what did you make um, of some of the decisions? Because I, I don't think you can fault the batting approach too much, but I, I mean, we scored a lot of runs. But uh, with the ball, particularly after the, bat, the first three or four overs, we looked to lose some direction. Um, uh, we've got a text through here actually from Andy saying, uh, I could be wrong, uh, but Milne bowled a beautiful second over, got a wicket, and then they took him off as he had bowled two. Thought at the time it's quite a defensive move. Give him another one. He'd just got his rhythm. It was a key moment, and a captain like Brennan McCullum would have put the foot on the throat. What do you? What, what's your thoughts there on the way yeah. the bowlers were used? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's an interesting thought. I think yeah, obviously five uh, five frontline bowlers, and they only used those. They didn't go to Rutchen or um, GP even. So I mean, I'm, I don't know if that was a tactical decision. Um, leading into the game, or that's just the way the cards fell on the day. It's always tough, I think, giving a guy three overs up top in the top six. Um, you know, I think Milne's always used at the back as well, and I think you probably, um, you know, there's an argument you could have killed the game with another three, giving him three, and he maybe took another wicket. Um, but then I think you, you're most likely to leave Milne sort of near the back and, 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 and bowl those deep overs. So, that's certainly the way that I probably would have gone. Um, yeah, it's you know it's funny, isn't it? When you get a close game like that, you start picking things along the way, don't you? It's, it's crazy. 
Yeah, uh, we're just trying to. I struggled to get to sleep. Hey, Michelle, I was uh, up to about one, I think it was, just thinking about that. I, I, I threw the remote on the ground as soon as he hit that four. From um, from a batting point of view, it wasn't all bad. You know, like you, you had Devin Conway, who had been struggling as of late, find some form and, and look solid out there. So batting, you know, we'll, we'll put that in a plus, in a positive. Yeah, Luke, I mean, geez, any time you score 200, I think, in, in New Zealand and yeah. in, in 2020, um, international cricket specifically, they you know, not often uh, hit. Um, so, yeah, look, two not what was it two sixteen? That's yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a hell of a start. Um, and I'm sure you know certainly Devon um, back scoring some runs, he'll take a lot of confidence from that. Um, so I think they'll be yeah, like I said, fizzed after while it was a loss. I think they'll be taking a lot of confidence from it moving into Eden Park, where you know as we all know it's even shorter. So yeah, um, you know it could be a tough series for a bowling. <laughs> Could be, could be. What about uh, what, what about poor old uh, Josh Clarkson? Gets picked for his debut, doesn't bat, doesn't bowl. It's almost yeah. like he's one of those kids that's won a Black Caps experience. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the Thanks for Coming Award, isn't it? Him and that guy Short both listed at seven and didn't even bat. Um, you know, I'm sure. You know, like he, he, you know, from his point of view, you know, he got a wee taste of it there. Now he'd be even more excited to to actually do something in the game. Yeah, I, I mean, you've been a you've been a young player in the uh, you, you batted at the top, so you're always going to be involved, though. But I guess where's yeah. where's his head at now? Because obviously they didn't he didn't get an opportunity to bat. That's that's just the way things happen. But didn't get thrown the ball at any point in time. Do you think that was a good mm. move by Mitch Santner or not? Just given the pressure of the situation. Yeah, not sure. I think you know certainly from his point of view, he'll just be um, chomping at the bit now. Um, I think you know he's had a wee taste of it. Um, I think the crowd at Eden Park has quite ruckus, um, specifically against Australia. You know, they always complain about that, which is rich, um, considering <laughs> the crowd. But, um, yeah, I just think he'll be chomping at the bit. Um, he's kind of had a wee taste. While he hasn't been used, um, he's, you know, he's probably gone in there and maybe the nerves just settled and hopefully can come in and just play. Hey, Mish, um, Lockie Ferguson last night, I thought he was outstanding with the ball, was yeah. bowling heat, was bowling good lines and lengths, uh, and, and probably um, you know disrupted a pretty formidable Australian um, batting, batting line-up. You've faced them before mm. a couple of times. What, what did you mm. see that was going so right for him? He looked good, didn't he? Um, he's he's mm. coming back from injury. I think he might have gotten the, um, what was it, the 2020 final. We didn't end up playing in warm-ups, so. He's been short of, of, of game time, but, geez, he looked good. Um, quick. I think someone said that on the commentary there. Um, you know, the quickest they might have seen him bowl in a while. So, no, he looked very good. And then just the use of his, his change-ups. He's developed a wee knuckleball now, which is... Look, he bowls 150, doesn't he? And then he can bowl a knuckleball. It's not pleasant. Let's not hide away from it. Um, but, yeah, he just... He just no, he, he was unbelievable, considering that, you know, they chased down two... 220 odd, um, and he went for what was it, one for 23? 22, 23, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just, just, yeah, it's a a great comeback. So, no, he'll be be excited and, you know, going to a home place in in Auckland. Do you feel like he, because we've had a bit of a debate on on the radio here, and we've had a few texts coming through that he potentially should be a part of a test team. What do you reckon? Yeah, certainly in the last probably year or so, he's not that I know the ins and outs of it, but he's had a couple of niggly injuries, I would have thought, so maybe that might be a little bridge too far. Um, I don't know where his head's at personally. Obviously, he had a wee taste of it in Australia. 
a few years ago. Um, I just think the the demands for a bowler, specifically a guy who bowls that quick in um, the longer formats, just yeah, it's it's very difficult. Um, four overs compared to you know you could be looking at thirty to forty in a in a five day game. So. It's just chalk and cheese, really. Mm, yeah, it's a bigger workload for sure. Um, so that has come into it. Yeah. Hey, uh, on that, we've had. There's been a lot of discussion about the Test squad. Um, mm. ja- now, Jacob Duffy and Blair Tickner were both brought in as cover in the South African series in the extended squad. Yet neither of mm. them have been named in this squad when we've got injuries. But someone like Scott Kugeline has, who, as far as I'm aware, hasn't really got much going on in the way of form at the moment. What did you make of that, uh, particularly your old mate Jacob Duffy you played so much cricket with? Yeah, I mean, J- Jake sort of seems to, you sort of wonder what he's done wrong in a way, really. He sort of ticks mm. all the right boxes, continues to take wickets at domestic level probably each year, um, but just quite, hasn't quite happened for him. I mean, maybe that's just going to be his story. Hopefully not. Hopefully he gets a, a crack at some point and can, and can show, I suppose, New Zealand, you know, the sort of bowler he is. Um, yeah, the Kugeline selection sort of threw me a little bit. Um, I'm not too sure mm. yeah, the thinking behind that. Maybe it's the, I mean, uh, Kyle is sort of the batter, so he bats a little bit, you know, obviously bowls really nicely. Maybe they think Scott sort of fills that gap. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure. They Maybe they thought that they want someone with a little bit extra pace, um, but I suppose Willow Rourke sort of looked like he provides that um, now, so... Yeah, I'm not too sure the the, the thinking behind that. Um, definitely through me. Hey, Rudd, well, last time we spoke, um, you you were just about to retire. You're now retired, mate. Oh. What are you up to? Oh, it's great, isn't it? Jeez, just walking <laughs> around in my bare feet. <laughs> nah, just, nah, just been doing family time, mate. Um, but but around the house, we're um we're in the process of building a house, so just tightening up our house here and. I'm actually flying up on Saturday for a um, debut on the old commentary team, so I'm Ooh. doing the final. Um, so there'll be a new experience. Yeah, but yeah. other than that, mate, just chilling out. Obviously, I'm yes. pretty excited about this Australian series, so I'll be watching that, no doubt. And what went wrong yesterday? <laughs> no one has the answers. Sometimes it just happens. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about your your, your Otago vaults, mate. They go with the Auckland Aces. Sorry, I had to bring it up. Nah, just, but Luke George, nah, nah, mate, right. he was pretty impressive. No, he was. Look, look, what a what a we finished to the campaign. A um, couple of fifers in a hundred. Um, unbelievable. Um, you know, I wonder if Wellington sent him a text after that. Um, <laughs> what was what was I going to say? No, nah, look, it's, yeah, just. I don't know. I need to sort of look at the scorecards. So I don't want to be too critical on them, but yeah, just mm. they look like they might have. They sort of limped their way to a you know competitive score in a in a semi um, without really sort of, I guess, landing a punch. And you know they're in a fantastic position to really launch and score a big total. So not having known what the wicket was like or anything like that, um, just sort of looked like they sort of limped their way to two seventy. And you know, obviously, look, Martin Gupta, we all know how good he is. Um, and then, yeah, delivers in a semi-final, which good, experienced cricketers should do. So, you know, you throw in Robbie's performance as well, and, yeah, they looked very strong. Yeah, they did look very strong. So when you say you're coming up for the commentary on Saturday, is that when you're coming up to Canterbury for the uh, Ford Trophy final or coming up to yeah, Auckland not, for the third yeah. T20? 
No, 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 not that. Christchurch, what is it? Canterbury, Auckland in the yeah. final. Mm. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to call that, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, just before we let you go, uh, Eden Park, you've played there a few times. You've captained there, I'm sure. Yep. How do you defend the 40-metre boundary? You just don't, do you? You try and bowl into the pitch. Um, yeah, I think you'll probably see a lot... You know, we'll probably be back on here talking about why no one bowled um, straight Yorker. Um, I would have thought they'll be bowling slow into the wicket and that sort of stuff. I mean, the square boundaries themselves are, are short enough. I think what Eden Park has that other grounds don't have, it actually has like sort of that tennis ball bounce, um, which isn't as true as what you might expect. So I think that's what it, it's saving grace is. Um, and if you don't, as a batter, um, adjust to that quickly, um, that's what gets you in trouble. So I think New Zealanders obviously will know that. I mean, most of those Australians have played there. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's exciting, isn't it? It's all sort of set up from what looks like to be a very good series. Yeah, indeed. All right, Hamish, thanks very much for coming on uh, with us this morning, all mate. Right. Great yeah. to hear from you. Good Cheers, luck bro. with the commentary debut. Uh, could, Thanks, Matt. Yeah, could, Back to bed, brother. Could be a star in the making. <laughs> Loving it. All right. We, we had him here first. Good, good stuff, Rudds. Go well. Good. Cheers. Uh, you're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. I reckon he'll go good in the com box, is he? Yeah, I think he'll be going great. He'll go great. And, you know, when you step out away from the game, um, you know, I, I know personally it's it's difficult to transition out and have an opinion, having a voice, but um, I think he'd be he'd be great. He's been in the game. He understands the the detail like that. Detail on the Eden Park surface mm. is is great. Like understanding because I, I'm I think it was the World Cup when we played Australia in the ODI World Cup in in Auckland, and people were excited. But I think it was a low scoring game. We actually just limped over Australia. Um, so yes, the boundaries excite a lot, excite many, but it's probably not a, well. It's not as easy as as many think particularly with that detail of a tennis ball-type bounce from the pitch, can kind of catch a few of them out. So, yeah, loved it. Loved it, yeah, indeed. Uh, your thoughts, double eight, double three on the cricket, and your tips for Izzy's investment to that $50 TAB bonus bet that we have to put on uh, later on this morning. Want to hear from you, double eight, double three. When we come back, we'll hear from you, and we'll also hear from Lockie Ferguson. 0800 150 is our number, or double eight double three. the Temper Bedpost text machine. It's tradies hour with night and day. Warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee, starting at $4.50 at your local night and day. Plenty of texts rolling through on double eight double three. Uh This one uh, for the investment from Simon, DMAC, anytime try scorer for the Chiefs at $3.50. Yep, yep, that's fair shout. Um, my only problem is, is DMAC playing 10, he's a bit more of a distributor. Um, so he'll be setting up plenty of others, but you never know. Yeah, it's money. Man, it's, it's a guess. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy's come through on the cricket. Said Sodi has always had a grip and release issue mm. his whole career, consistently dragging down half trackers every second ball. So frustrating. Seems like no improvement in technique whatsoever. Good to see Lockie actually swing the ball for once instead of just bowling straight. Yeah, I don't know about every second ball might be a a, a bit of a stretch, Jimmy, but yeah, definitely get what you mean. Yeah, you can understand what. Ish is up to. He's trying to, you know, take take the float out of the out of the ball and um, you know, give them less time to make those decisions. And when he got it right, like he was bowling just short, outside of off, he was getting a little bit of deviation from the 
from the crease. He bowls a fantastic wrong Um So the, the times he got it right, it's just consistently getting it right is probably um, the part where each has to, to fit. But out of the spin bowlers, I think he was probably the, the best of, of the pick. Yeah, yeah, he was the best of the two. Adam Zampa got pumped. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He did. So did Glenn Maxwell, actually. He went for plenty mm. as well. Actually, Lockie Ferguson, post-match, uh, was interviewed. He was asked about his performance, including knocking over Glenn Maxwell like he did. Yeah, it was a nice wicket, I must admit. Um, certainly uh, had some pace and bounce, which, which was nice as well. Um, yeah, and, and obviously um, joining the Black Caps again, uh, having some injuries. Um, but yeah, always nice to join this group. Um, looking forward to the next few days. And uh, he also gave us his thoughts on, I guess, coming so close, but eventually uh, falling to the Aussies. Look, I think every team kind of has that guy, uh, which is exciting for the game. Uh, makes it interesting for us bowlers, challenging, of course. But, you know, we've got people like Glenn Phillips, Mark Chapman, who can hit. Obviously, Tim's very good, and, and he plays a lot of T20 cricket, which I ha- think helps sort of his mindset in those scenarios. He's probably played them a lot more potentially than other players, and um, certainly that experience gives him a lot of confidence. And, you know, he did the job tonight. Um, so certainly back to the drawing board a little bit for us going into the weekend, but at the same time, hell of a game of cricket um, with over 400 runs scored. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to reassess for Frodo. Great game of cricket, I thought. Um, pretty competitive. Obviously goes down to the last uh, ball like that, and, you know, GP probably was the fastest guy to try chase that down. So, um, yeah, certainly sets up the weekend nicely. Yeah, so yeah, Lockie Ferguson uh, seemed in pretty good spirits after that, considering they just lost on the last ball, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a great game, cricket. Don't get me wrong, it was it was awesome product and spectacle to watch. Um, but it just shouldn't have come that close. We we set it up perfectly, and when you're looking at the scoreboard scorecard on, on the screens, I was thinking, oh, yeah, 32 from eight. I think it was something like that. I said, mate, we've got this in the bag, you know. But then Tim David just took it on himself, and he is a big, tall man with some long levers. And some of those shots, that one when he hit it over Mark Chapman's head, and mm. it went about two meters off the ground, and it was flying. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that Mark Chapman didn't want a bar of it. it would have <laughs> broke his hand. It was travelling that quick. Um, but yeah, look, the one that got away, they'll be ruining a missed opportunity to, and the fielding was atrocious, and that is where the Black Caps have been formidable in years gone by, and we just let a few go go by, go past us, and and when you ain't able to build pressure and that momentum and um, execute, you're gonna lose. Yeah, you are. Now, Lammy has come through uh, for our Izzy's investment today. He said, morning, boys. Always have faith in my cricket team. Paying $2.40 to beat Australia tomorrow night. Let's go. Are you brave enough to put that in the investment? No. Right. Good. I'll take that out. No. No, I'm, I'm not brave enough to put that in the investment. And just quickly, before we get off to Aroha, Mark Chittick from Waikato Stud is listening in. So big shout-out to you, Mark. Uh, but he sent through a couple that's uh, rocking his colours, the green and white, over in Caulfield on the weekend. So we've got race three, and we've got a horse called Rocking the Boat. It's had one star. It's out of the Busterton Young Stable uh, and trained. And Luke Curry on top. It's had one start for one win. And it is paying eleven bucks to get the job done. So I probably wouldn't go for the win, but top four is paying two dollars thirty. And then you multi that together with another top four in race number nine, 
We have the Oakley Plate Group 1 for $815,000. And we've got a horse that many of you will know, and it is Skew With. Skew With is racing out of the Mark Walker stable. And Craig Williams, a fantastic jockey, on top. For a top four, there's $3.50. So you multi those two together, paying 8 bucks. So I uh, appreciate that little bit of gravy there, Mark. Yeah, indeed. Always appreciate it. I've just been uh, making notes. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will invest at a later date. Uh, you're on SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo. Uh, still to come, Christian Wolf before 8 o'clock here with the Dolphins. We'll uh, see how they are shaping up ahead of the NRL season and the big trial match against the Warriors on Saturday afternoon. Here's Araha with news now for Kubota. Take any job this summer with Kubota's range. Get the Kenoth feeling with Kenard's higher. Wales will meet world champion South Africa in a one-off test at Twickenham on June the 22nd. A first fixture mm. for the Springboks since the return of Rossi Erasmus as head coach following the Rugby World Cup win in France last year. It lacked in something as a war- of a warm-up for Warren Gatlin's side, who then travelled to Australia for two tests in Sydney. July 6th and Melbourne are follow- the following week. Both Wales and Australia may be without several players for the meeting with the game falling outside the international window and on the same day as the United Rugby Championship final. Do you reckon this is more about the South Africans joining Six Nations? I reckon it could be. I reckon there might be something to that. Uh, putting a stake in the ground and just getting them a little bit of... Uh... You know, get a bit of input done early, mm. setting them up to take over and be a part of the Six Nations. I think it's very possible. What do mm. they do with the Six Nations is the question. Do they then go, if we're going to add them, that's seven teams, so do you have? You don't have a week off like they had last week, you just have buy rounds? Or do they expand it and bring in someone like, I don't know, Georgia and then split it into two pools of four with a playoff? Yeah, unsure. Like if I don't think they're going to change... Uh, winning product like at the moment that is in rugby terms that is probably the best competition well internationally anyway going around the globe um, but if they do bring in another team then that stops the two weeks on you know two weeks off kind of situation that they've got at the moment or two weeks on one week off um, it can bring in a, a an extra a bye week for a lot of these teams and you can play it constantly yes it probably will go longer but um, I think that's what they're after I don't know if they'd make that they might have a promotion relegation situation. That's so the never going to happen. In, come yes. out. That's never going to come out. Um, Can you see Wales voting for that? Or Scotland? Nah. <laughs> but, you know, Italy won't vote for it. But, okay. Well, they might just come in and take over from Italy. Yeah. Don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, Bayern Munich have decided to end their collaboration with uh, coach Thomas Tuchel at the end of the current season, despite him having a contract to the end of the 2025 season. Bayern lost their last three games in all comps, including a 3-0 defeat to league leaders Bayer Leverkusen. They're now eight points behind them in the Bundesliga. They were also beaten 1-0 by Lazio in last week's Champions League and now risk going without any silverware for the first season in more than a decade. Tuchel took over from Julian Nagelsmann in March 2023 with high expectations, but he had a bumpy start. He crashed out of the German Cup and the Champions League, won the Bundesliga title on the final day. This season, been equally up and down. They've uh, been knocked out of the German Cup by third tier, third division team Saarbrücken uh, to go along with everything else. So yet another change. Was I reading something the other day that Harry Kane might be going back to Chelsea? To, uh, he's from Spurs, but they might. Oh, might go to Chelsea. I might have got, yeah, might no, have got fooled there, I mean, but I saw something on. 
on Twitter with him wearing a Chelsea jersey. Oh, okay. Well, well, going back to the EPL. EPL. Well, maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen that. But, mm. uh, yeah, he. it certainly there's a little bit of the Harry Kane curse about this, isn't there? Because he went to buy mm. him because he wanted to win something. And they're now mm. having their worst season in over a decade. Um, not down to him. I mean, he's scoring plenty of goals, but it just seems to be where he goes. They don't win anything. It's kind of become a bit of a bit of a, a um, bit of a joke around the football circles. Uh, and the Auckland Aces have booked a ticket to Hagley Oval to play Canterbury in the Ford Trophy final on Saturday after they beat the Volts by four wickets in Dunedin yesterday. Uh, the team's traded centuries. Volts left hand all rounder and opener Luke Georgeson. Had 120 off 150, and then Aces veteran Martin Guptill hit his 31st list A one-day ton. Robbie O'Donnell also scored a century. Uh, the Aces now head into that grand final, looking for their fourth Ford Trophy title in seven years, and a Super Smash Ford Trophy double for the 2023-24 season. Well, Canterbury hungry to reclaim a trophy they last lifted in 2021. Those are your sports news headlines from big jobs to even bigger jobs. Get the Kenneth feeling with Kenneth's hire. Up next, Christian Wolf joins us. We are 17 away from 8 o'clock. It is Tradies Hour with Night and Day. They'll bring you up a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. I hope uh, our next guest has got his coffee in him and is ready to crack into it. Uh, Christian Wolf, good morning. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm well, thank you, and how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Uh, welcome to New Zealand uh, with the Dolphins, mate. How's pre-season been? You, you happy with how the team's shaping up ahead of this trial match on Saturday? Yeah, I am, actually. I think we've had a really good pre-season, and you know, just a fair way ahead of where we were this time last year, I suppose, in every way. It was, you know, when, you, when you sort of look back, uh, it was a big task trying to bring a team together and trying to get everyone on the same page and, and get that connection you need in a team, and uh, you know, while we're pretty happy with the job we did, I think we're, as I said, a fair way ahead this year, just having that uh, year under the belts and a year together already. Yeah, it was an impressive uh, pre-season win over the Titans, 26-14. You've recruited really well, Christian. You've had Tom Fledger, you've had Herbie Farnworth coming into the fold, and they've made their, their impact known relatively quick, mate. You've been impressed with them? I've been very impressed with them. Um Obviously, they're high-profile signings, and, and that comes with a little mm. bit of expectation, but they've impressed from day one. You know, I remember Herbie's first day of training, he came in and uh, he, he you know, won the fitness testing, and um, you know, Tommy Flagg was just a, a, a no-nonsense, you know, tough front rower who uh, you know, wants to lead the pack and, and wants to lead everything that goes with that. So they've been great signings and, and had a real impact so far. Yeah, I mean, I think probably the uh, thing that people looked at when you recruited for the first season was a lot of your forward pack, the Bromwich boys, uh, et cetera, were, were sort of getting towards the end of their careers. So having Tommy Flegler come in gives you a bit of youth. Is You think he'll benefit from a couple of years playing with those guys and Mark Nichols? Oh, he definitely will. Uh, and that was a, a big part of his reasoning for wanting to come to the Dolphins as well. He, he, you know, he wants to be the leader of the pack and uh, you know, guys like him and Tom Gilbert and Ray Stone, they're all still relatively young men who have got their best years ahead of them. So they're starting to get a little bit more of that youth and, and what comes with youth uh, in the pack. But I think it was really important that we started with a, an established forward pack and you know, particularly men like you know, Jesse and Kenny Bromwich and Mark Nichols. And you know, they, uh, they, they're a great example for young footy players in terms of how to prepare for games and how to train and how to be consistent, but also... Yeah, how, to, how to carry themselves as young men and professional players and, and you know, around the club and in re, around the community. So um, you know, they've been great 
for everyone at the club, and you know, they're going to be great influences for Tom in the next year or two as well. Well, it was a hell of a start to the season last year, um, Christian, with the way that you went about it, and you got results, you got wins, and so you got runs on the board, but then you slipped away probably towards the middle of that period. This year, how are you able to get some more consistency in, in your performance and game? Yeah, look, you're exactly right. You know, we were fairly disappointed with the way we finished, and mm. um, you know, we're obviously happy with the way we started, and, and you know, we, we that didn't catch us by surprise. We we knew how hard yep. the players have worked through the preseason, and, and we knew what they were what they were coming up with in training. So it, it wasn't a surprise to us how we started, but uh, we were definitely disappointed in how we fell away and weren't able to keep that going. And so I think there's a number of reasons for it or you know, when you have such a big start to the year and you know, again when I reflect back you don't probably don't think about it at the time but there's a fair bit of emotion in you know, everything was a first it was your first game it was your first home game then it's your first away trip and, and then it's your first local derby against the Broncos and uh, and that all happened early as well and you know, I do think there's a fair, fair element of fatigue um, yeah. you know, once we sort of got to that mid-year period and we obviously had some injuries, and, and you know, every team gets injuries, but we had injuries to guys that we just couldn't afford to lose. Um, you know, Tom Gilbert, Ray Stone, Jeremy Marshall, King, those kinds of guys that uh, really hurt us. And um, yeah, we were young, young as well. What we, were, what we were replacing those guys with was untested footy players at NRL level, and you know, that that bit of hardship that we had to go through, I, I think that's certainly put us in a better position this year as well because. Now, those guys who got to play 12 months of footy or got to play footy before, um, you know, before they probably would have at other clubs or before they were ready in some cases. Uh, they've got 12 months under the belt and they know what it's about. And uh, you can certainly see the improvement in those guys through the preseason this year. Yeah, and speaking of improvement, how much improvement have you seen from Val Tafare? Uh, obviously, a bit of a disrupted preseason for, for Valence, but uh, where's he at at the moment, mate? Yeah, look, I've got to give him a, a lot of credit. He's uh, obviously it was in the media that um, you know, he came back a little bit overweight and um, did a, a separate camp from you know, the rest of the team to start his pre-season. And you know, he's always got two ways to go with that. I suppose he could keep going down that same hole, or uh, or find negatives in it, or you could do what he did. And he uh, he really took that on. And I know, you know the guy who looked after him. Uh, Mark Burgess was really impressed with how he threw himself into it, and um, he came back fit. He came back, you know, looking so good. He came back moving so much better, and um, he hasn't missed a beat since then. He's he's maintained his weight, he's maintained his fitness, and he's got a really good energy about him. Val, he's a, he's a bloke that people like having in the team. He's you know, he makes people laugh. He's always smiling. He's always happy, and as I said, he's just got a really good energy about him. So. You know, he's come back fit and, and come back as hungry as he has. Uh, he's been a really good sort of uh, add into the group through the preseason, if that makes sense. Nice. You've got Cody Nikarima, former Warrior, on the bench, uh, and you've got quite a young halves combo in Sean O'Sullivan and Isaiah Katoa. Uh, how do you see Cody's role over the season? Is he, is he uh, basically, if everyone's fit, going to be your 14, your 14th man? No, look, we, um, we're we a bit of an open book in terms of what the team might look like at the moment. And there's a number of positions that are still up for grabs. And, you know, Wayne made that really clear to the group yesterday. And, you know, just sort of going off that topic, you know, quickly, um, if you look at our forward pack, there's, there's some very good experienced forwards that are going to 
not make a 17 there and, and it's the same in the outside backs when you look at the inclusions of um, Herbie and Jake Avarillo and you know, guys like young Jack Bostock really improving and that's uh, that's with Jermaine and um, Tessie New who were stalwarts for us last year um, both going really well as well so it's the same situation in the halves you've got those three guys and Anthony Milford couldn't make the trip he's just got a very slight niggle uh, in his hamstring at the moment but um, uh, yeah that, that's that's still a really competitive position where this trial means a lot for those guys. And um, you know, while it's named that way this weekend, that's that's certainly not around one team. And uh, Cody's got every opportunity. I know he certainly wants to push himself into the halves and and uh, and cement a spot that's not on the bench. And you know, he's always got that versatility. He's such an impactful sort of player, but he's certainly got desires to be a starting six and he's, he's got every opportunity to do that as well. Another name you mentioned uh, you've picked up from the Dogs is Jake Avarillo. He's only young, still at 23. It felt like at the Bulldogs from the outside looking in, I messed around is probably not the right word, but he became a, you know just a fix-it. He played, I think, every position in the back line except maybe wing. Have, have you guys got a bit more of a, a focus spot where you want to see Jake play, where you think he, he's, he's best suited? Well, we want to make him a centre. Um, we think that's his best position and you know, when you go out and you recruit a player like Jake you know, we, we obviously need to have a plan with him and that's where we've seen him being a real asset to our team and um, you know, obviously Hamaso and Jermaine Isarco uh, gave us terrific speed last year but out that we probably just lacked a little bit of top end speed and uh, bringing in the inclusions of Herbie and, and then obviously Jake Avarillo, you know, all of a sudden we're a very fast backline, a very fast team. So uh, that was part of our thinking uh, around Jake. And uh, he, he's been impressive through the preseason as well. And yeah, they've all been impressive, to be honest. And you know, I think that's what competition brings is there's a number of guys there that want to make those spots their own and want to make sure they're in that round one team. And Jake's one of those. And uh, they're competing really well at the moment. Well, Thank you so much for your time, Christian, mate. We appreciate you coming on. The Redcliffe Dolphins, the home of the BGS. It sounds like you got them all singing off the same song sheet, mate. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Christian Wolf there with us, mate. BGS. I just BGs wanted to get reference. that in, mate. Oh, okay. I just That's wanted nice. to get that in, you know. So I went to the BGS. Well, we know that's the home of the BGS. <laughs> I didn't know that, actually. So there you go. That's that's news. That's news for me. I uh, just just seen a speaking of news. Just seen a bit of uh, rugby league news as well come through. Mm. Uh, Braden Hamlin Ueli, who I knew the Warriors were chasing. He's um, yeah, the Warriors got him, eh? No, he's decided <laughs> to extend his stay at the Sharkies. So he's staying at the that. Sharks. So boo, boo. So what are we that. doing? Well, that's a great question. It's a great question. Let's see how we go with Kurt Capewell this year, eh? There must be a plan mm. for next season. But we're going to put some size on. Well, we've got to keep up the meters and possibly, yeah. possibly, <laughs> anything's possible. You never know. You never know. Keep your okay. checks rolling through. Double eight, double three. Izzy's. Uh, what are we calling this investment? Investment. Uh, yes, uh, Lammy. Hey, mate. What about Chiefs thirteen plus at three ten? Let's go. I don't think you'll have any joy getting that across the line, Lammy. Just quietly. It is six <laughs> away from eight. <laughs> Plenty of uh, texts coming through. Goldie asking, uh, "What meeting was that skewer race? Was that that was uh, Fleming Caulfield oh, Saturday? Caulfield, Caulfield Saturday. Caulfield race nine. Was it race nine? Race nine skewer. Race yeah. three is the other one." Yeah, cool. Uh, morning, lads. I'm sure old mate Mr. Walker will be thrilled to bits that Daggy has put a World War II <laughs> ship anchor around Skewiff. Lowell, top man from Stephen. 
Oh, I'm just giving you the gravy I get, mate. I could hold it to myself. I could have held first innings to myself. I know I shared it amongst you, and hopefully you all followed and got paid. Well, James, come back with Dagger's donation. Tranquilla wins Rickerton Race 5. Tranquilla, hell of a name. Yeah, that's great. I like it. I like it. So keep them coming through, double eight, double three. We will make a decision uh, in the next hour about which bets we're going to go about with. About 840. About 840. Got a $50 bonus mm. bet that we will chuck on for you. Uh, coming up in the next hour, Damien Corona from Moana Pacifica. We'll talk to him next. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Kia ora, good morning. Welcome into the show. If you've just joined us, this is Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast on SENZ. Coming up, Paul Mawadi from the TAB. We'll hear a bit more reaction from last night's T20 Chapel Hadley opener at uh, Sky Stadium as well. Uh, we'll have a Love Racing update for you and we'll catch up with Doyen Ian Smith and get his take on the captaincy of Mitch Santner and some of those bowling options that were taken last night as well. Of course, this weekend is also a big weekend for another reason. Super Rugby is back, and uh, no one has been through more changes personnel-wise than Moana Pacifica. They've got a new coaching regime. They've got about 20 new players they've signed as well, and uh, they get their season underway against the Highlanders. Backs and skills coach Damien Karuna joins us now. Morning, Damien. How are you doing? Morning, morning. I'm good, thank you. It's a story, mate. How's uh, how's everybody settled in? I guess you know you got Tana's taken over at the top. You got yourself. You got Tom Coventry in there coaching as well. You got a bunch of new players. How, how's it all gelling? Yeah, it's it is gelling, uh, gelling really well. And we've also got Stephen Jones, you know, come over from uh, from Wales, uh, who's added uh, different dynamics to us. Uh, but you know, we're gelling together really well. And like you said, we've got. 20-odd new players and a lot of uh, development players getting opportunities as well. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about Jonesy and his inclusion in the squad and the work he's doing with with your 10s and uh, William Halavilli gets a crack this weekend. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's he's really brought that uh, that out-and-out 10 mindset. Uh, He looks for all the detail, uh, very... A lot of a big, big kicking, uh, big kicking mindset for us as well. We're upskilling our boys with a kicking mindset, uh, and developing Willie Year for for the future. It's it's critical that he gets time in the saddle. Was that an easy decision to start William at ten and then give Danny a crack at at fifteen? Whereas in the past, traditionally he's been a centre, but he played a lot at fifteen at school. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, no, it wasn't an easy decision. Uh, you know, and he, with with Christian as well, uh, the experience and the the leadership that Christian brings on the field. Um, but but Willie needs that time. Uh, he needs to go through that those, those pro, that process. Uh, and Danny at fifteen, you know, he played there for Samoa in the World Cup, and we see him as a as a pivotal role for us and to to grow the young the young boy Kyron at the back as well for the future uh, for Tonga. Well, speaking of leadership, mate, how good when you get a guy that's uh, played over 100 games of Super Rugby and Julian Savia seen plenty on the socials and game time. How's he fitting into the fold, mate, with your group? Yeah, yeah he just brings that. Oh, look, Jules, Jules is good. He's been training really well, mate. Um, mm. And 12, a new role for him. Yep. He's on the ball a lot more, a lot more, sorry. Um, and, and it works for us. Uh, he, he brings brings the the team together at that pivotal role at twelve. When you when you look at your squad, 
and, and you look at the firepower that you possess in the back line, you're thinking, okay, this team can beat anyone on their day. But we know with Super Rugby, set-piece, in particular line-out and scrum, has to be on. Has that been a real focus this pre-season? Uh, yes. I mean, if you look at our, our front row, they've got a lot of experience, uh, and, and they're all debuting for for Moana. Um, so, yeah, no, it starts up front. We know this line-out. We're, we're not the tallest line-out. We, we know that. But um, Tom Coventry's got us uh, got us doing different movements to... to We have to keep teams thinking about us. Um, but, yeah, it's set-piece to start, and we know they, they'll be targeting us there. Now, you've got the Highlanders first up. Your first preseason game was against the Highlanders as well. I don't know how much you can take from that, but you guys led that at half time and they came back in the second half. Can you take much from that game into this weekend? Uh, yeah, look, we, we're quite happy with where we're at um, preseason. We know that we've got improvement to make, um, but that's what preseason's all about. Um, and, you know, we, we've got to be. Sh- We've got plans around our capacity, growing our capacity for the game. Uh, in the past, we've started well, but then we've slowly just we've lost it uh, towards the end of the game. So we know where our focus uh, needs to be. Are you able to just to dive a little bit deeper on the identity of the group? I, I follow you on social, and, and you get a real understanding that cultural significance is a big part of the group. You've got people from all walks of life. You talk us through the preseason and how that's evolved and, and transitioned into to your culture in the group. Yeah, yeah cult, culture is, is is easy for us um, mm. with our lotu and our pisse in the morning. You know, we get together every morning and uh, we laugh. We laugh a lot. Uh, we know we've got to go to work every day. Uh, we have got a, a, a lot of new players. Uh, some boys from a, back in from over in Australia. Um, so everyone's fitting in, um, but we feel that we're we're hitting the season um, in the right 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 frame of mind. Uh, we're ready to go. There's a little bit of a uh, a blues flavour this season, isn't there? With you know, I guess Tana and Tom were were at the Blues together, and you've brought James Lay over, who's, who's got the captaincy as well. What does what does he add to uh, to, to the side? Do you think? Yeah, James is is calm for us. Um, you know, he didn't. He said openly he didn't even think about the captaincy, and that's probably why it's easy to give it to him. He just leads from the front. Um, but he, he's calm all through training, all through the game. Um, so that that's easy for us to, to, to use that. And then with Tunner and uh, Tom being together for, for such a long time with with the Blues and Samoa, they, they, they've got a really good understanding of each other and, and how... How what success looks like, uh, and we're just growing that here, and and that's you know to grow our depth. Where's Sakopi at? Sakopi Kipu is he, is he? He's obviously come back from major injury. I think he had a crack through preseason. May how's he tracking? Yeah, yeah. Um, Kips is, is is coming along nicely. Uh, he had a he had a run preseason. Uh, you know he tore his you know he done his Achilles a couple of seasons ago. Then he tore a pick. So there's you know there. Especially for for a front row, you know the pick with the grind and you and uh, mm. uh, you know with your arm leading arm and stuff. So a bit out of my lane actually, front row chat uh, lingo. <laughs> but, but yeah, he, he's coming back nicely and he's got his plan. When we see him, when we see him, um, he, you know we need him to be ready and comfortable to be able, be able to run out and uh, and give it everything. 
It's been a real area of development for Moana since he came into the comp because I, I think you know it was uh, first year. It looked very much like set piece, particularly scrum was was a weakness. It, is, is that something that you've consciously looked to recruit to to improve? Yeah, mate. We've got more more props than we have backs at the moment. Um, <laughs> Paulie Asimani has recruited real well, um, but it is uh, we've you know um, we are developing that area because it starts there. Um, if we get if we're getting pinged, we're just on the back foot all day, uh, and that has happened in the past. So we know we have to grow that area. How do you ensure, Damien, we'll let you go shortly. I know it's the start of the season. You finished your season last year with a bang, getting up over the Waratahs. So you got it in you. How do you ensure you're just not making up the numbers? Yeah, yeah good question. We, you know, we, we're constantly addressing that. It's, it's, it's mindset. It's, it's that professionalism that we're still learning with such a young team. We, we do have a lot of experienced guys, but it's, it's gelling that team. We don't have time together. Um, so that's that's coming. Uh, and we can say, oh, it'll keep, you know, it still takes time. We, we've got to start getting uh, the results uh, and the belief. We've got to start learning how to win and, and do that from the onset. What about goal setting, mate, for you guys? Uh, just lastly, um, you know, Tana and the, you know, is big on goal setting and, and and that leadership group. What have you set down and said to the squad? Hey, this is this is where we want to be. This is what we're going to aim at. This is what we want to achieve this season. Uh, we, we've got our we've got our internal goals. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll let you chat with Tana about that. Let's see if you can draw it out of him. Uh, but we we've got our goals and. Um, yeah, small steps for us, mate. We we just need to start delivering. Yeah, nice. All right, just get him to give us a bell, will you? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Damien, thanks very much for coming on this morning, mate. I know the boys are in the gym uh, throwing the tin around, so I'll let you go and jump into that. Uh, best of luck this weekend Cheers, against Damien. the Highlanders, eh? Cheers, boys. Thank you very much for your time. Cheers. Thank you, uh, Damien Corona, uh, there from uh, Moana Pacifica. What are you expecting this season from Moana, is he? Uh, I expect more. Um, you know that conversation. Just got to learn how to compete, learn how to how to win, win games. You know, like it's easy to to be a part of a competition, but it's hard to go on and get results. But they, they don't need to look any further than for inspiration than Fiji and Jorua and the way that they have gone about in in such short period of time. So it's there, the makeups there. They've just got to get belief. And they've got to get consistency and confidence within the group that they deserve to be there. You know, when teams are beating you constantly by 20 points, 30 points, it can be deflating. So they have to compete from the outset. And this weekend, up against uh, a pretty competitive Highlanders side, I want to see fight, I want to see courage, and I want to see that tactical um, prowess that he was talking about from Stephen Jones. We know they can attack with the ball. We know that they are fine athletes, ball in hand. They can beat anyone. 1-15 to will be able to step and break through a player and offload. But it's having that consistency and tactical awareness of when to run and when to kick. So with Stephen Jones having, with his inclusion in the squad, it gives me confidence that he's probably just adding a little bit more calmness to this group and, um, you know, you know, reshaping their mindset and their identity. It won't be an easy fix, but he'll be doing his, his utmost best to to get them going. And Tom Comrichy, coached by him at the at the Hawks Bay Magpies, he's a very astute and 
um, formidable uh, forwards coach. He can get the best out of players, specifically, uh, specifically Pacific Island players. I remember, you'll know this bloke, um, Sona Tomalolo, the big prop yep. for Tonga, played for the Chiefs. Well, anyone get something out of him, that was Tom Coventry. Very good at getting the Pacific Island players to play for him and find their beliefs. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the Moana Pacifica can compete and not just make up the numbers. Yeah, 100%, mate. I agree with you there. It'd be good to see a competitive Moana. Uh, joining us on the phone, 0800 150 We're always saying, give us a bell. Well, Graham from Christchurch has given us a bell. Morning, Graham. Are you fizzing for Super Rugby? Uh, kicking off tomorrow night? Yes, I am, and I'm uh, very excited about that Crusaders starting team too, and the, and the bench. I think um, yeah, a few, uh, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of doom and gloomers around here in Christchurch. I don't know how Izzy's found it, and um, and of course people naturally are anticipating the Crusaders to crumble outside of the Crusaders' territory. Uh, but I think it's a very good team, and I th- I'm feeling very positive about it actually. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm with the you too. going to be tough. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, I'm Andy. with you, and I, oh no, that's all good. I, I look, I look at that midfield um, combination, that midfield kind of battle we got going on this weekend. You got Dallas McLeod, who was an All Black last year, very good player. He's in his position that he played a lot. He played a hell of a lot at wing last year, just to make up the numbers, and did a great job. And then you got Levi or more up against um, you know Quintu Pai and Anton Leonard Brown for the Chiefs. So, mate. Honestly, I'll be looking at that, licking my lips. And also, Shay Fihaki stepping in. It's been a pretty um, yeah, disrupted week with Will Jordan going out with a season-ending injury. I can understand his deflation in the public. But Shay Fihaki, a guy that's been around for a long time, this is his time. This is his moment to step up and, and take that opportunity. And uh, talking to Tamaiti Williams yesterday when he came over for a message, he reckons he's ready for it. And if anyone knows, Tamaiti knows. You go. Yeah, very perceptive man to my idea. Yeah, but you just say that midfield clash. Uh, yeah, um, and uh, Dallas McLeod against Daniel uh, Chris. I mean, uh, sorry, Anton Leonard Brown and Quinn Tapia. That's that, that's that is a that is a real clash of the Titans one, and will be one of the best. Yeah, but I, I just think that yeah, I'm really impressed with our loose trio. We got selected, and we've got a good bench. Yeah, but the Chiefs have too, and you know, I think there's. It's great to hear they're fighting at training. So uh, <laughs> I saw it on the TV last night. That all goes well for tomorrow night's game. So uh, yeah, no, no, it'd be it'll be great. Well, I think the Crusaders. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be well, it's fifty-fifty, but I think the boys can do it tomorrow night. Always full of belief for your Crusaders, Graham. Love it. Thanks very much for your call, mate. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. And uh, uh, what's the number, Izzy, if you want to book in for a massage run at your place? I, obviously, Tamaiti's <laughs> turning up there. Can anybody just rock up? Or uh, do you need I have to, to elaborate on this. Okay, so the, we've got a, t- a lady out the back. She's Tilly's godmother. I've known her ever since I moved to Christchurch. She's a massage therapist, so she massages the, the Crusaders boys. So that's why I've got Consi, Davey, Harvey, Will, Bertie, Tamaiti coming into my house. I have to ask them for a passport every time they, they drive through. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they come in and, and get a massage. So Put a toll at the gate, mate. Put a toll at the gate. There you go. Yeah, oh, I had to give them a gate pin. Oh, jeez. Security is, is pretty rogue at uh, Dag Manor. Uh, it is 18, <laughs> it is 19 past eight. Keep your text rolling through for Izzy's Investment. Double eight, double three. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast. Powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. 
keep your text rolling through double eight double three for Izzy's investments, and also I want to hear from what you. What are you eating? Um, what am I eating? <laughs> it's a, a protein bar of some description. I had it just a little bit left, and I just chucked that in while I was doing something, and then I heard that, and I was like, ah, oh, man. You got caught out again. Man, you get caught out chomping. Oh, no, I hate it. I hate it. Anyway, anyway. Um, morning, lads. The NRL has been an unbelievable product. I've been on it since the early 90s. I bleed green. Yeah, a lot of Canberra Raiders fans in New Zealand yeah. around that time. Uh, also, a Warrior season ticket holder entertainment atmosphere is first class. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. I've never been lucky enough to go to a Warriors game, but I'm hearing it's just by far a superior product. Money, um, for, for the value of money that you're getting when you go to these games, it is next level. So, you know, that's that's an investment. It's not The product on the field's really important, and we know that, but it's also the, the, the value you're getting off it. And from what I'm hearing, goes on there at Mount Smart. It just oozes... A lot of value, so uh, there you go. We've been talking about this for years, so I don't see any change coming up. Anyway, even though the Super Rugby CEO said, oh, we want entertainment, we want to bring fan engagement, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. We will have to wait and see. Uh, Matt has texted through. (laughs) Same old, same old. Surely it's time for Southie to stop bowling in the power play overs. Did anyone have visions of Tuffy's famous over versus Australia when Southie fumbled those first three wides? Yeah, um, I can see Smithy. He's just put on his cans, and so uh, I'm really looking forward to having a chat to him. We'll get off um, relatively early towards the end of the show and just have a chat to about the game last night because he would have been watching, and I know you have a big couple of hours on it. Um, the one that got away, you know, just was he surprised that uh, it was Tim Southey's performance, the pressure, that, that mindset that barrier we have against Australia, it's well and truly there because we just let one that was so gettable get away. Um, yeah, so looking forward to having a chat to, to Smithy. But before then, we've got to pick a few of these investments. Yeah, we do. Is, have you got something? you got your eye on something? I can't pick anything at the moment. Okay. All right. I can't pick anything. There's a couple there that I'm, I'm casting my eye over. And, and look, Mark has come through. I think that's Mark size 12, please has come through and he's added my two tips alongside his plus Buffalo River all to finish top four paying 14 bucks. So he's he's kind of walking me into that. It's a very mm-hmm. smart tactic from you there, Mark. <laughs> Nicely done, Mark. Uh, we've also got this one. Carmen Line, race six, matter, matter. This is from Sam mm-hmm. Owen, who then goes on to say, I can't believe someone paid $2 billion for a 27% share of a second-tier team in Manchester United. And what do you got to say about that? Well, I've got to say about that, Sam. You'd need to look at the books, mate, because uh, it's also the club that makes the most money. There's a reason the Glazers are still there. Pulling money out left, Ooh, right and centre. Yeah, very. Don't worry about that. I'll delete that one. That's what I'm getting, getting a look. Uh, but keep them coming through, double eight, double three. Uh, Stacey Jones yesterday was announced as Kiwis mm. coach, and uh, he, was, uh, he gave this statement. I just want to say uh, I'm very honoured and privileged to, to be in this position. I know what the uh, Kiwi jersey is all about. Um, the last campaign involved with um, the previous coach and, and where they're heading is something that's very special. I just want to make a, a, a special thank you to Greg Peters, Morty Tony, uh, Hugh Martin, um, the New Zealand Rugby League for the process going through this and, and, and giving me this opportunity. I also want to thank um, the Warriors, the New Zealand Warriors, for their support 
um, for allowing me to pursue this. Um, Cameron George, Mark Robinson and Andrew Webster have been uh, so supportive of me taking on this role. Uh, again, I'm I'm really honoured. I'm, I'm super excited. Um, the squad that um, could be available to us is something really special. And being a part of the campaign with Madge for the last uh, four or five years um, gave me that that hunger to take this opportunity on or try and pursue it. And I feel very fortunate um, to be given this role. I'm just surprised you didn't thank Tony Kemp in there for the, for his role getting him the job. Yeah, yeah Kempy's been a, a huge supporter from the from the outset. But one of Kempy's key factors, and which was pretty much debated about from Greg Peters, was he isn't using that role as a stepping stone to other other jobs. Like he is at his peak. Well, he's assistant coach for the Warriors, mm. and then the ultimate goal should be to coach internationally. Well, we don't see that at all in the game, unless you're in the Kiwis role. Well, Stacey Jones is doing that. He is in that role, and if able to do so, he'll be in that role for a a very long time. So apparently he was miles ahead of every other applicant that uh, applied for the job, which was interesting to hear him say that, particularly with Wayne Bennett uh, in the conversations. But I think Wayne Bennett had no chance when you look at the panel, the selection panel, Motutoni, and he hit me a smiler. Uh, there was a couple others there as well with Greg Peters. So, um, yeah, well done to Stacey. I think um, a bit of relief will be flying around uh, Rugby League New Zealand and particularly with the fans having Stacey at the helm. So October can't come around quick enough. No, looking forward to that. A few texts through on double eight double three as well. Boys, going to Warriors games is like going to old school Wellington Sevens. Costumes, signs, banter, so much fun. That's from James. And then uh, JJ said, lads, we travel up from Wellington three or four times a year to catch Warriors games. Hands down, the best game day experience and atmosphere with the football codes. Great tickets, uh, food, uh, where are we? Prices and entertainment. We haven't been to a super game for six years, even though we got a team here in the capital. <laughs> yeah, that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? Right, like, yeah. You're getting more for your money. That's more for about. your bang, more bang for your buck. And Lammy, you're not getting any more for your money after your text, Ricardo. No, you're can gone. you please ask Paul Mawadi what the odds are for Izzy's investment not to come in? Because I'll put my house on that. Jeez. Uh, oh, come on, Lammy. What are you up to, mate? Chuck us, you know, chuck us an you got no chance of coming in this. And then Lammy new, <laughs> Lammy's new phone. Exactly, come on, Lammy's new phone makes some sense. It is twenty nine away from nine o'clock. Ian Smith, Paul Mawadi, love racing still to come. Right now, here is Araha with you for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz, bet safely, R18, and Paul Mawati. Good morning to you, sir. How, did you survive the cricket last night? Were you there? Uh, no, I wasn't there, Ricardo, but uh, I watched every ball uh, at home. And, uh, well, it, was, it looked like a great atmosphere, and it was edge-of-the-seat stuff, but... Um, I guess if you're going to give up 32 runs over your last nine balls that you bowl in your innings, uh, you're going to do it tough. So, uh, great game. Uh, and those that backed the Aussies uh, got rewarded. And there were quite a few because the bookies had to move that line on the Aussies. And the boys have already got the market out for the next T20 as well. Um, and the Aussies are around $1.51 uh, to win the second T20. Black Caps, $2.40. So... 
and we've already seen money come through the Australians uh, right now. So, yeah, money back on the Aussies to um, make it 2-0 in that series. Now, Paul, yesterday when you were on and we were talking about power plays, we had a text come through. I can't remember who it was from, but somebody was like, oh, your TAB guys always talk about power plays, but they never come in, which was a pretty emphatic statement. And so Robbie and I were thinking about that, going, we're pretty sure they do. So we, we well, when I say we... Robbie did all the hard work. I'm just reading it. Um, went through all the power play options for the game last night. Seven of them came in poorly, so someone got paid. It certainly did. Um, I guess with the short square boundaries uh, at the uh, uh, stadium, uh, there was always going to be the chance of a number of uh, fours and sixes getting hit, and, and I think a number of those power plays were the ones that did collect. So, yeah, those punters that jumped on, and there were quite a few as well, um, they got rewarded big time. So, yeah, off to Eden Park for uh, the next one. Um, but, yeah, it was a good night for punters who backed those power plays. Yeah, one of them was Devin Conway, Russian Ravindra, David Warner and Glenn Maxwell to hit eight plus sixes combined, paying seven bucks. Well, that happened in the first ten overs of the game. So if you got on that and you're lucky enough, well done taking the TAB to the cleaners because it wasn't me. But no surprises here. Paulie, we are into <laughs> the start of uh, Super Rugby, and there's so much hype around. The Airriders fizz. They cannot wait to see the superior product be played, particularly this Friday, Chiefs Crusaders. Is there any money going anywhere? Chiefs are $1.52 favourites over the Satyrs. Yeah, uh, and the Chiefs opened up at $1.60 in that match result market. So just the weight of money that's come for the Chiefs forced them into $1.52, and the Crusaders are now out to $2.60. And that's because we've taken four and a half times as much money on the Chiefs than we have on the Crusaders. So the punters have turned against the Crusaders for the first game of the uh, 2024 season, and they are backing the Chiefs. Now, there's a few other markets um, that the boys have put up. In fact, there are plenty of markets that the boys have uh, put up. And one I had a look at was first, second, or third try scorer. Um, and I thought, well, if you look at that Chiefs backline, then someone like a Sean Stevenson at $4 to be the first, second, or third mm-hmm. try scorer doesn't look the worst. And if you're a Crusaders fan, then oh, I thought Macca Springer at $4. He scored a couple of tries in uh, pre-season up north in the UK um, and uh, what looked good in the uh, under-20s. So Macca Springer at $4 to be the first, second or third try scorer I thought wasn't the worst go either. How, how much uh, how much weight have you had uh, come on the Chiefs from a, from a, an account belonging to one eye dag of uh, Christchurch? Any, 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 any back in that account? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that statement, that question, uh, Ricardo. So I'm staying well away from that, mate. If if the if the Chiefs Crusaders is in the game of the round, then maybe the Blues Drew will be because that one looks like it'll be exciting. Uh, one thing that we uh, almost certainly guarantee we certainly see a few tries in that Blues uh, Fiji and Drua game. Um, look, the Blues they're very very warm favourites um, and. Understandably so. Up north and uh, what at Whangarei, a dollar fourteen the Blues, uh, the Fijian uh, Drua at five dollars and fifty cents at the moment. No surprises. There's a whole heap of multis flowing through the Blues uh, to win that, and not only to win it, uh, but but to win it handsomely. Blues thirteen and over at a dollar fifty five has been very very popular with punters this morning. So. 
uh, if the money's anything to go by, then the Blues are going to win, and they're going to win fairly handsomely. I'm having a look at the first try scorer market as well, and the best back in that market at the moment, uh, where are we? Oh, Caleb Clark at 750 has seen a bit of support. Oh, no surprises, mate. I, I think I'm. I think he's in for a big year, Caleb. And uh, looks bloody sharp. So well done and cooking his body and Nick. And uh, hopefully the the sacrifices pay dividends. Hey, Paulie, yesterday we were at Pukakawi and first innings, I tipped it out. So hopefully many got on and you got a bit of a hiding there. And today we're at Whanganui. Have we got anything to have a look at? I've had a look at race one, Rabaga. And I backed it last start, came third for a top three. That is coming from 320 to 270. Yeah, and I heard you mention uh, Little Who's Got Moves, which is uh, running around in race two at uh, Whanganui today, uh, steady at $5. I think Kemp, that that historically has been uh, a favourite of Kempe's. So, yeah, Little Who's Got Moves is uh, third favourite in race two at $5. Um, outside of that, I'm just looking for another. Oh, here we go. Uh, race three, number six. Uh, the Peter Didham train has Buller two dollars ten into a dollar eighty has been very well backed by punters today. Has Buller from the ace draw with Tony Davies on board. Get the three kilos off. Um, number six has Buller two ten into a dollar eighty. And don't forget we've got uh, bonus back promotion on races one and two at the Addington Dogs and the Addington Harness tonight. So races one and two back to second and third. Uh, bonus back uh, at the Addington Harness and the Addington Greyhounds. Is that is that horse named after you, Husbuller? <laughs> what does Husbuller mean? I don't even know what it means. <laughs> Do you know that? You know that little fellow that goes around the world. <laughs> oh. no, you know what no, I'm about that, Rick? No, I don't. No idea. <laughs> Has, you know that little fellow hangs out with all the Russians, Hus Husbuller. Oh, that guy. Yes, I do. I do now. <laughs> yeah. You say that. I was like, what? Yeah. That? Yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. All right. That was a little in-the-house joke. How's ha- ha- Paula? Paula. How's Paula? <laughs> Maybe. We'll keep that going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how's Paula the narca guy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paulie, uh, just before we let you go, mate, um, the uh, we touch on a couple of games in Super Rugby. What's the overall market for our right winner looking like, though? Oh, yes, yeah, let's have a little boat peep there. Um, Chiefs are now favourites by themselves. I think they were equal favourites with the Crusaders a few days ago. They're now $3 favourites to win Super Rugby Pacific 2024 and have been very well backed by punters. Crusaders now on the second line are betting there at three twenty-five. The Blues have come into $4.50. They've also seen a significant amount of action. The Canes are at $7.50 and then we're at the double figures to the Brumbies at $10, the Drew at $21, and the Highlanders still out there at $31. There are plenty of other, there are, speaking of power plays, um, there are power plays on the Super Rugby Pacific Sea. Have a little check out of those. And also the top try scorer for Super Rugby, Sevu Reese, the favourite there at $7. However, we've seen money for a couple of Blues, Caleb Clark and Mark Talia, who are paying $8 to be the top try scorer for the season. They're pretty... Uh, they are popular 
but also Mac, Maca Springer at $10. Mm. Um, he's been a wee bit of a sneaky year. Bit of money on Maca Springer to be the top try scorer for the season. All right, we'll look forward to those, mate. And uh, I, was, I was just having a look. Uh, we've got Champions League today. And I, I like, I, I, I got on yesterday's games, multied them up and came, came away with a win. I like Arsenal and Barcelona both to win away from home, paying uh, $3.88. You multi those two together. You uh, taking much money on that? Yeah, that sounds like an Izzy's investment. Is that what, is that what you're suggesting, uh, suggesting uh, Ricardo? Well, it's got to come from a punter, and this is mine, so I just need a punter to send it through. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as soon as I get off the phone, I'll text you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut Paulie in as soon as he puts that Kohar in our account, eh, is he? Yeah, mate. Hurry up. <laughs> goodwill. Find some goodwill, will you? Oh, mate, we are goodwill hunting. Left, right and centre. You know it. You know it. Good stuff, Paulie. Go well, brother. Thanks, mate. All the best, boys. Have a good one. Cheers. Check out all the odds, promos and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18. I love racing. Up next, and we'll also pick our Izzy's investment bets. It is 12 away from 9 o'clock, and time for a Love Racing update. Loveracing.nz, your home of thoroughbred racing. And Izzy, uh, what have you got for us this morning, mate? <laughs> oh, well, I've got nothing Love Racing orientated, but I'm going to have a crack at this Daggers investment. Mm. And I am I'm a little bit stuck because there's some great options coming through. But you know what? I'm going to back. Chris. Okay. I'm going to back Chris, and I'm going to go today. And I never back the dogs, but I'm going to back the dogs. Right, okay. <laughs> I'm going to have a crack at the dogs. Race five today at Addington at 10 to 6, or 12 to 6 to be uh, precise. And we're going to take number one to win. It's about $1.75. I need that green tick. Okay. I need that green tick. Needs to, so you're doing $1.75 shot. All right, mm. tell you what I'll do. Send it to Love Racing segment. I was looking at Aidan McLaughlin's bet, but send it to Love Racing segment. Let's do another racing bet. I'm going to back mm. Richard's bet. Mm-hmm. Otaki on Saturday, race seven, La Creek. Class horse, connections are bullish about its chances. It's drawn three, 1,600 metres, ideal, and has placed on the track. $6 a win or two thirty a place, a great multi-builder. Yeah, it's it's a good horse. Well, it was, but it's up against some very talented horses. Belclair won big on the Karaka Millions, ridden by Sammy Spratt. That is a very good chance. That's number nine. Panchura, number two. Desert Lightning, Aegon, Corsair Man, Ladies Man. They're all in the race. Look, I pretty much just talked down your pick, Emily. You have, you have. Well, I was going to go. Seeing your um, you're going skinny at a buck seventy five. I was going to go on the nose at six bucks, but maybe I should just back the place at two thirty. Nah, go on the nose. All right, on the nose, six bucks, there you go. Richard, you're in. <laughs> I've talked you into it. Beautiful. Hey, thanks, everyone, for sending through uh, those options. A couple of goodies there, and Mark Chittick's uh, tips that we gave out early, Skewiff uh, rocking the boat that will race on Saturday. But no, it's been a good show. I reckon we get off. And we come back and have a little quick catch-up with uh, Smithy soon, but you've got something else. Uh, yeah, no, Robbie's just got our uh, total, what it's worth. Oh, okay. Our, our, yes, to- investment. Total and a quick question. Uh, total being 475, yep. potential return. Mm-hmm. The quick question is, our two punters that texted in, one's a $6 mm. shot, one's a $1.75. Do they split the money evenly if it comes in? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's on us. It's on mate, us. Do not want to get into that mathematic <laughs> nightmare. Yeah, good point. What are you yeah. trying to do? Yeah, mate. I, I stopped doing maths at fifth form. I'm not handling it. Uh, it is eight away from nine. It is coming up three away from nine o'clock, which means Smithy's going to uh, take over shortly. Morning, Smithy. How you doing? Yeah, good, Ricardo. Actually, I'm, I'm not too bad at all. Just watching a bit of Premier League as well with Luton leading Liverpool uh, up at Anfield. Uh, Luton won at Liverpool after no after 26 minutes. So we'll keep an eye on that one throughout the morning as well. Hey, Smithy. Um, yeah, you would have watched the game last night for sure. And I know you got Martin Guptill coming up on your show after a pretty solid performance in the Ford Trophy. Um, May that performance, hell of a game, hell of a spectacle, but from a New Zealand point of view, pressure at crucial times, key factor? They bat a long time uh, and very deep, Australia, so you can never take your, your foot off the throat, really. And I, I think we probably did that to a large degree. Uh, we didn't have Trent Bolt. Trent Bolt bowling in the death would have been interesting last night. Yeah. Um, so that, that might have been a factor in it. But it just shows a terrific game of cricket, as you say. I mean, you know, they weren't playing for the town clock, but it was a World Cup at stake, but it was a good forerunner to a World Cup. Uh, and I, I like what I saw. I mean, that is a very powerful Australian bowling attack. First up, that's a good batting performance. You get over 215 or 16 against the side like yeah. that, you know you've batted well at the top of the order. And to only lose, what, three wickets in the process, that's accepting responsibility. So that was good. Uh, but to not be able to defend it, not so good. And I kind of, I kind of think that, you know, they they timed it to perfection. Uh, they probably would have wanted a little bit easier than that. But we're, we're just going to have to be better. Just going to have to be better. A little bit more ruthless. A little bit more uh, accurate, I think, and uh, closing things out. Was was the ball conditions? Was that was that a factor? I don't know. Like, what was the problem with us being so? Um, all over the shop with with the way that we're bowling. They, they look like they were struggling to hold the ball. I know, and, and I don't understand why. I mean, I wasn't on the ground. I, uh, I don't know if it, there was a, a due situation, so that sometimes that makes it just a, a little bit tough to hold on to towards the end. But uh, to my way of thinking, that shouldn't have been a factor. I, I think it was just about confidence and, and you know, um, you know, executing y- your plans, and they just weren't able to do it. So uh, they got smacked in the last, uh, what, 30, 32 of the last nine balls, or something of that nature. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so it was Milne and then Southie's last over. We've just got to be better than that, more accurate. And, you know, that, they'll learn a bit from that, hopefully. Uh, looking forward to hearing what else you got coming up on the show, Smithy, because no doubt you'll dig deep. we got Harry. Chris Harris, of course, was working nice. it um, last night. Uh, we're going to talk to Bruce Sharrick about the uh, New Zealand Bloodstock Kiwi slot race. Uh, Louis will be doing that after 10 o'clock. Um, and we're going to link up with Jared Waitley out of uh, Australia and Melbourne. He does the same gig that we do between 9 and 12. He's a, And he's coming over to commentate the cricket. So there you go. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Sounds like you got a full show. Looking forward to hearing it. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. Got a big preview day for Super Rugby Pacific kicking off. We'll catch up with John Bracewell on the cricket. Paul Tito out of the Blues. And Izzy's going to give us all his Super Rugby tips as well. Tune in from 6.